Hey guys, we're here with another episode of Bernie Talk. So how's everybody going? I am going to go over a few things today, a couple of topics. One, um, as everybody knows how Roman Abramovich is leaving and trying to sell Chelsea, we're going to be talking about owners, uh, whether shady or not, or just not in it for the right reasons. And then uh, also about um, how these ex-players are looking at alternate realities of what used to be in their careers and what they're actually seeing and what actually we all saw. So let's get into it. So right now, let's talk about the owner. So big story now is Roman Abramovich, how he's looking to sell Chelsea with all this stuff going on in Russia. Now, Chelsea fans, you know, rave and go crazy over Ibramovich, how great he was for the team. Now, for their team, they probably was pretty good because they were near bankrupt when he came in. They were kind of like a cup team, would win some. They, they, you know, go on these runs, but they were never really competing. They'd have stars, but, you know, not anything that would do anything for, um, you know, to get them anywhere near winning the league. Uh, and then he comes in and just explodes the transfer market and is just buying guys here, there, and everywhere. Like whether it's like they, you know, a player got injured and then in January they go get an international for like $90 million who probably costs like 10 in reality, which then just jacked up the price. So why was he really going in there? I think what he was trying to do is just clean up his image you know, yeah, he was probably into into like you know uh, maybe like an ego ego boost, ego stroke for him to have a team in London, great uh, location, um, you know, all all of that. But um, was he really in it for that? I to me, obviously, he was in it for to clean up his image. You know, whether he was whatever what he was doing with his money, but you know, he was it was he just made the he made the whole transfer market a joke at that point because players that were 5 million jumped to 70 million. There was guys going for like, now I understand this was a long time ago, but like a Zidane would go for 45. You're getting guys who aren't even internationals going for 70. So he kind of opened up the floodgates to what we're seeing now. So you first you had Roman and he just basically, you know, mangled the whole transfer market with what he was doing and kind of made it a cheesy kind of thing. Then you got owners, the next set of owners that came in, you had the city owners and the PSG owners, and now you're going to have the Newcastle owners, which made basically the entire thing of transfers gaudy, disgusting, and it was just like a joke. And inflated these teams' egos into something that they weren't. Okay, are they winning? Yes. However, they're trying to catapult themselves into this uh, atmosphere of great teams of years and years and years in like two seconds. It's kind of like, you know, trying to put them on steroids when they're not really anywhere near that. So, you know, you have City running around the owner's they, uh, first thing they did, I remember they went and bought Rubinho because they got him actually, ironically enough, that Chelsea were trying to get him and they stole him from Chelsea. Now, he never worked out and City didn't care, you know, and then they went and bought 70 other players, like you can't even remember half of them, and they were just buying and buying and buying and, they, you know, there was no rhyme or reason. If they worked out, they worked out. If they didn't, they were on loan. 
I think at this point, like say at Chelsea, I think that uh, Crespo, who's been retired for 15 years, is still on is still on loan somewhere. So then they, you know, inflate and make these transfers insane. And then with that being done, then you got the other teams who are competing against them: the Uniteds, the Arsenal's, the you know whoever else. Now they're paying like ridiculous prices. You know, and then the teams are just making them buy these guys that aren't worth anything near what they are. So then when they're a flop, then the teams are getting uh, called out on. And it's just a vicious cycle. So you get these owners in there who basically are just in it just as like a little like pet project, you know, like the, you know, the city owners, um, who just basically whatever they're going to get, they get, but then they'll like look at their stadium. They're like taking ideas from this place, that place and saying, you know, again, to me, it's just a very cheesy way of doing things. Like it's, they, they want to be considered one of the biggest, but they're not, you know, they're trying to pretend like they're on the scale of these teams like the Uniteds of the past, the Madrids of the past, the AC Milans of the past. Some of these teams may be struggling at the moment, but they have 60, 70, 80, 90 years of history. City basically is not even the same city team that's, that's existed all these years. They're basically an entire new team. I wouldn't even consider them really Manchester City. You know, they got, I'm sure that there's some old, older fans who liked it the way it used to be, but now you get all these, like, you know, pseudo kind of fans who this week they're liking City, next week they'll like Chelsea, I'm sure next year they'll like Newcastle, PSG. You know, PSG's the same thing. I don't know how they're doing it. They went and got Neymar. They have... Mbappe, they have Di Maria, they have guys like Herrera, who I don't even think play, and they're getting paid probably more than, you know, guys on like the Arsenal team. So you have all this inflated numbers, you got PSG running around like they're the greatest thing as well, like the owners are just bragging and they want all this, you know. They're saying we'll take on anybody, you know, in the transfer market. They want this guy, that guy, and the other. And it's just not, it's not an enjoyable thing to watch. They've made it a very kind of cheesy thing where, you know, everything is, you know, about them. They want this. Look at how gaudy this is. Look at how flashy that is. You know, they, they went and got Neymar for I don't know what it is. They basically turned him into a bigger brat than he was before he got there. So you have them all running around, you know, and now, you know, their, their big claim is like, oh, yeah, we're going to win the Champions League. So there's teams that have been around, you know, forever that have never won the Champions League. And these guys almost act as if they're divine right to win this thing. You know, PSG and City have basically been around for 12 years. Let's just be honest. They're, this team, this incarnation of this team has been around for about 12 years. So they think that they deserve to win it. For what reason? I have no idea other than they almost feel like they're, they're, it's theirs because of the money that they spend, the this. And, you know, that's the thing. They, they can buy a bit of success, but they cannot buy, like, the history. They can't buy all, like, 
the you know when you talk about the names over the years the the glam you know what i mean the glamorous names and everything like that that's what it's all about like you know again if they're just trying to appeal to like these like you know these these fans were her kind of like they like them today they'll buy a shirt and they'll go away tomorrow maybe they'll come back the next day that's fine if that's what they want but that's where I'm going with these kind of owners. So you don't really, really know what they're in for. And now you see with Abramovich, he's running. He has to sell. And it looks like he's having issues selling it because I think that people that are trying to buy it know he's desperate and they're trying to cut him, uh, cut him out of like some money. And I don't think he wants to. And it's almost like he has to. Now, this whole deal with all the money that he loaned the club, but he doesn't want it back. I'll be very curious to see what happens there because... He didn't get to where he is by giving away money and not wanting it back in some way or form. So we'll see what happens there. So, But not just those guys, though. But I have issues with other owners. Like, again, I'll go back to Manchester United. They're my team. You know, I root for them. And those owners. Those owners, it's time to go. They have bled the team dry of money as much as they could. They've taken so much. Have they They've bought? Yeah, they have. They have bought. However, that's all the money that's been coming in from all the money Manchester United makes. So they haven't done much on their own. So, and you could just see the decision-making. It was, uh, you know, when Ferguson was there, it all ran through him. You could see it all ran through him because everything was organized, top to bottom. He knew the players that would come in. He knew the players that should go out. And the owners, whether they're just, you know, well, they're incompetent, let's just be honest, which they just let him do what, they needed, what he needed to do because they knew he knew. So with that being said, like he got everything done, the players that they, he needed, the coaches that he needed, where they were going, what they were doing. Once he left, you could see the disconnect of these owners. They just saw United as this like ATM machine that knew that the money was going to be made from all the worldwide fans, you know, all the memorabilia, all the tours, all this, that, and the other. So they were getting managers, letting, there was nobody kind of running behind the scenes. It seems as though the managers would just pick the players, get this guy in, that guy in, and then, you know, then that manager get fired, they bring in a new manager, then it'd be a different set of players that didn't match the players before. So it was just like this run, this running crazy, different managers, different styles, different players. And all in the while, these owners were just continuously taking the money out, taking the money out, taking the money out. And it was just like the money kept going. So, And you could see now, it's just like a huge mess. And I feel right now like the manager, or excuse me, the owners have to go. They have to go. You got to bring in new ones, you know. And again, then you run the risk of are you going to get another manager, or excuse me, another owner like the ones right now at United? Or are you going to get some, you know, not so good history owners like at some of the other clubs I had mentioned? So that's a, that's a thing that you got to look at. So what kind of owner are you going to get? Because there's only so many people that can afford a team like that. Uh, you know, Arsenal, same thing. That guy doesn't want to pump a ton of money in there. He's all about just trying to, like, you know, get money, make money, you know. So, you know, there's very few and far between right now. You look at these owners because they see the Premier League, how much money they can make off of it. You know, so you, you're not going to find 
a ton of guys who are coming in there that are going to, like, want to just, like, you know, spend. Abramovich did, but then again, you run into, like, the money, you know, it's a bit shady in the history of it. So right now, it's, it's, just, a, it's just a crazy time going on with who's coming in there. Like, you don't know who these guys are, where they're coming from, and when you do find out, you find out their history, but it doesn't seem to be brought up unless it's one certain type of owner, the other one you kind of leave alone, you know, because, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that uh, Abramovich right now is kind of just selling, nobody's kind of saying anything, and... You know, it's just left left as is, and we'll see who comes in to buy these guys because I think Chelsea fans are going to have a bit of a rude awakening because I really don't feel that there's going to be a guy that's going to come in like him who's just going to spend the second he came in. I think the day, the day he came in, he bought like three or four guys like on the fly. Like it was crazy who he was buying and how quickly he was getting them. I don't feel guys coming in that are going to buy this team now are going to be a person like that who are going to spend it so fast, so quick, and if they don't like it, they'll just get some more guys in, get rid of them, send guys out on loan, get rid of the manager, you know. So I don't think it'll be like that. So we'll see what the uh, what the Chelsea fans uh, think of what the new owner is going to be when he or she finally comes in. You know, and we haven't even touched on Newcastle because I don't even know what they're doing yet because right now they're just trying to sort out trying to stay in the league. So next year will be more of an idea of what kind of lunacy they're going to start doing with their spending. I only feel it's going to get even worse now. So you're going to be getting guys who are like in the reserves. They're going to be worth like 80 million driving like Lamborghinis where, you know, 10 years ago, the top guys got something like that. And now you got guys who are just basically nobody scrubs that are going to be getting the same thing. Another subject I want to talk about is these um, ex-players and their alternate realities of what they had done in their careers. You know, there's a lot of these guys running around, you know, looking at teams maybe that are successful now that they had some sort of connection with at some point. You know, give a good perfect example is Trevor Sinclair. Trevor Sinclair, when I think about him, I look at him as a West Ham player, but all of a sudden you can't get a microphone away from him without him screaming about City and us and we and this, that, and the other. You know, yeah, he played at City, but basically he made his name, I'll be honest, at West Ham. But, you know, everything about City, it's him, City, this, that, I think this with City, that, that, and the other. And he's just basically constantly talking about him and City, him and City. When he was at City, they were West Ham. Oh, no, excuse me. West Ham was more successful. They were, I can't even, I don't even know what they were. Like, they were in and out of the top league, down one, down two. They were in the third division at one point. So, you know, somebody like that or a guy like Danny Murphy. If you listen to Danny Murphy, you would think he was Roy Keane. He talks about how he did this, how he did that. He's this big, tough guy. Roy Keane wouldn't uh, intimidate him. He'd stand up to him. He did this. He did that. I can't even tell you what he did. I, I do not know because I hardly remember him at Liverpool because Liverpool was so irrelevant at that point. But if you listen to him, he was running around winning everything. He was pushing Roy Keane around. He was pushing this guy around. He was the enforcer. He was this guy. He was that guy. He was basically Roy Keane is what he thinks. And, you know, 
him doing that is I think these guys, whether it's their egos, or let's be honest, it probably is, their egos getting the best of them, and they're just running riot on the radio because nobody's stopping them. They are gone like into this alternate reality. And then you have him going on and on about how, you know, United have to stop living in, in the past and this, that, and the other. But basically for 30 years, that's all Liverpool did. They won a cup here, they won a cup there, but they always ran around talking about, you know, oh, uh, you know, we are the biggest club with United in the thing, but they've won nothing. They were like basically from 1989 to whenever they will last till they just won it. They were irrelevant. They never won the league. You know what I mean? Let's just be honest. But Danny Murphy is a guy who will tell everybody else, well, you can't live in the past, but that's all they lived on. That's all they lived on. You know, or you get a guy like uh, Mika Richards. This guy, he cannot get away from a microphone. He will not stop laughing, talking, joking, talking about himself, how great he was. He was a fullback that basically was a decent player on an OK City team. That's it. He's talking to guys that have won everything. I don't know how a guy like Roy Keane or Gary Neville can sit on a panel with him and not basically turn to him and be like, who are you? We, we've won everything. Now, if you want to just talk about the game itself, that's fine. But to talk about, you know, what could be done just be quiet. You know, he's at the, you're not at the big boys table. You know what I mean? Like that's, the, that's the thing. He, he, he won't quiet down. Like there's always a something that's funny, always a story. So I think guys like that are living in this like alternate reality because they have the microphone now. So they're kind of like rewriting history so people think differently, like they almost are trying to crowbar themselves into these city and Liverpool teams and make it like they were a part of it when they were basically there when there was nothing going on. They were just whatever. But then when they were when somebody calls them out on that, they say, don't live in the history. But they their teams, that's all they that's all they survived on at that point, living off of history. But now it's not, it shouldn't be done. Well, in City's case, that's understandable because they have no history of this team because they're trying to wipe away everything. If you look around there, if you look around the grounds and all like the stuff when, you're, when they're showing it on television, there's basically nothing to do with anything before these owners came in with pictures on the wall or anything. That did not exist. Now it's a whole different thing. And don't even get me started with guys like Noel Gallagher running around like a moron constantly talking about this that and the other he did like them when they were bad I'm assuming however have a little class you know what I mean which goes to my next part is like Manchester City they no matter what they win and this is whether it's Pep whether it's the club whether it's the fans they have an inferiority complex when it comes to United they will do anything in their power, whether it was when they put up that sign for Tevez, which was cheesy, you know, uh, the, when he went to City, put up a sign trying to mock United or, the, you know, putting up banners at their, at their ground, something to do with, like, United or whatever it is. It, it, it comes across like you're trying too hard. 
when you know when you're trying, you're at a party and you're trying to be like the life of it, make a joke like you're the man, but you look like an idiot. That's basically what City's coming across like that. City's coming across like the the little brother who's trying to be the big, big tough guy in front of his big brother's friends, and it's not working. You're still the little brother. You may win, but you got another 80 years to try to catch up to that. Look, and I understand right now they're flying, they're winning. Totally understandable. But there's a difference between when you're winning now or trying to make yourself as big as the Madrid, as big as the United, and trying to take on the big, the big team United by trying to do these little cheesy things that you think are clever, which they're really not. Now, again, the, uh, the casual fan who like picked up the City jersey because they're the team that's winning, some of them may think it's funny. But in reality, I think a lot of these people see that it's a big joke, you know, that it's not really good. Now, again... United right now are a bit of a joke, but I'm just talking about overall the name of the team and everything like that. There's a difference with what United are and what City are. United have history upon history upon history. I'll even throw Liverpool in there. Liverpool have a history upon history, but their fans and everything, they're kind of trying to forget that the Premier League started like in 92. They're pretending it only started since Klopp got there. So they're sort of in the same boat, but not really. City, on the other hand, uh, and to a point Chelsea, because Chelsea were near bankruptcy until Abramovich came in. He's like the, the original of that whole crew. So Chelsea have kind of that sort of same thing, too. They've been doing it for about 20-some-odd years, but nothing like City. City have this ridiculous complex, how they, they, they think that they're biggest, and the way they think that they're going to be the biggest is by, you know, trying to do these cheesy little quirky things that don't work or like stealing parts of what Spurs did in their stadium and bring it to their own stadium, like the, uh, the mirror, the, the windowed hallway and all that, which was done by Spurs and then City took it. When I watch all these guys on the TV or I listen to it on the radio, you know, it's, um, it's a bit of an, an it's, it's annoying, but, you know, it is what it is. These guys are trying to make a name for themselves, you know, to, for social media and, like, you know, sponsors. But um, they are definitely living in an alternate reality, and it's uh, not one that I, uh, that I recognize. Uh, the one last thing before I finish up, um, you know, I wasn't going to uh, touch base on this, but for a little bit I will. We'll hit more of it next, next podcast is um, the State of United. United right now, that game against City, I mean, basically, they had about a good 10 minutes, and then it was like little kids running around, like, you know, they're, uh, uh, after their parents and uncles with the ball, and they couldn't get it. It looked like they gave up. What they did and how they set up was basically ridiculous. You know, to not play with a center forward because you're trying to counteract City is exactly what they want to do. Why Ronaldo wasn't playing, I don't, I don't buy for a minute that he had a hip, hip injury or anything like that. I think Rangnick, that's his trying to be the boss. Like, I'm going to find the biggest name and we're going to show everybody that I'm in charge. Then you get Rashford coming on that looked like he had better things to do. He didn't even feel like he was going to, you know, do anything. Lingard said he wanted to leave. He was playing. How Maguire is still on the field, I have a no idea. You know, you have Wan-Bissaka who can't do 
anything at the moment. He's not a, not a very good attacking fullback, but now he can't defend either. So you have those guys in there. You still have Fred in the team. And they went up against City, set up just like City, which if you remember in one of my past podcasts, I said, I said you can't play them the way they want to play because that's what they want you to do. You have to go against that and play a way that they don't like. But what did Rangnick do? Played exactly how City wanted them to do. So again, for about, you know, the first 15, 20 minutes or so, it could be a, could be a bit longer. You know, when it was 1-1, I was like, okay, you know, they're doing all right. Then they just like, you know, Maguire, I don't know what he was doing, trying to defend the goal. Uh, Lindelof, no clue. Uh, Wambasaka, your guess is as good as mine, you know. So all right then and there, that was, that was ridiculous. You know, and then uh, after a while, they gave up. They gave up, didn't want didn't to be bothered. You know, they'd rather be, you know, uh, talking about after the game, you know, oh, sorry, social media, oh, I'm sorry, we'll come back better and stronger, we're one team, this, that. I am so sick of hearing about all that. Enough of that. We, we want to see them playing the way they should be playing. Now, their talent-wise, you know, as much as I complain about all these guys, there's not many defenders that, you know, are what, they, what they're used to be. You know, there's not a lot of Canavaros out there and Ramoses. You know, there's, there, there is what there is. They should be doing better than what they are. Varane, I mean, I, now I can see why Madrid let him go. He's injured every five minutes. Cavani, you basically should tell him, go back to South America or go to Spain or Portugal, wherever he wants to play. Because right now, I think he looks like he's just pouting and doesn't want to be involved for whatever reason. Sancho liked what he did. I think you got to give him the ball more. Rashford, Lingard, you know, they could go. I could care less if they stay or go. Bruno, uh, he's hit a weird patch. I don't know what he was doing. But again, they're playing him as almost a center forward, which is ridiculous. Ilanga, he's still young. But um, majority of those guys, yes, was a disgrace. They looked like they gave up. They didn't feel like they being involved. They just wanted to get in their car, drive home. Oh, let me pull my socks up. Look, do I look cool? Oh, let me get another tattoo. All right, yeah, let's talk about this. Social media, let me get on my Instagram and do something stupid. So basically, that's what we got. And right now, I don't know how they're going to fix it. You know what I mean? The manager is going to be a big thing. I think you're going to have to get rid of a bunch of players, either on loan. Basically do it like Chelsea would always do. Like I said, Send them out on loan, sit them, whatever you can do. But um, we'll definitely touch base more on that uh, next podcast. I'm sure I'll have some more complaints to talk about and things like that after I see um, a couple of press conferences. And, uh, you know, there'll be, a, there'll be a couple other things we're going to be talking about. So I'm glad everybody tuned in again. hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll see you next time on Bernie Talk.